Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, the ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Of course, they're makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom-stable scleral contact lens. In case you're wondering... I'm on the East Coast, and my name is Dr. James Diem, and I'm joined by the talented co-host who is repping the West Coast, Dr. Roya Habibi. Roya, what is up? Hey, everyone. How's it going? I'm. S- we got a really exciting talk tonight. We do. I mean, as everyone knows and probably has caught on by now, August's theme was business and marketing tips, and we're going to round out the month with a total... Hashtag girl boss and optometry's own social and marketing guru, Dr. Right. Tanya Gill. Tanya. Right. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Tonight, actually. I said today, but it's nighttime. True that. But I'm excited. Nighttime. I'm excited to uh, participate. Thanks for the invite. We are so excited to have you. Um, when we started this month's planning, you were like one of the first people I thought of and was like, we have to hear from her. I know that there's been different podcasts and you've been high on on everyone's radar on marketing, but um, we're super excited to really get to know you and hear more about kind of what you're doing. And hopefully all of our listeners can get a little uh, tidbit to bring back to their own practice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you ask me questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. I like hard questions, so don't be shy. Go for it. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we should give a introduction for those of you who do not know her, which shame, but she is the owner of Oakland Vision Center Optometry in Oakland, obviously, California, um, but she's a 1999 UC Berkeley graduate. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> Go Bears. <laughs> Tigers are my true love. But anyways, um, in 2015, <laughs> she was actually awarded America's Finest Optical Retailer by Envision Magazine. And between her different social media accounts, she has over 25,000 followers. Through those, she's inspiring creativity, branding, all those things. Um, and also in 2016, she founded a company called We Love Eyes. This is a company that actually makes natural cleansing products for the eyes, which I am obsessed with, just to say. I love those products. Jimmy, do you use these products? Do you know of these? I do know of them. I've seen them and I've heard of them. I'm not currently using them, but I think, you know, hey, maybe after tonight we can change that. Using them yourself or in practice? Maybe. Who knows? I'd be happy. They're not just for women, right? Well, we, Tanya, help me out. Well, we launched a Wheel of Eyes for men because just looking at you, I think you do have blepharitis. You might need some. Jeez, <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, well, I'm a, white, I'm a white male and I have eyeballs, so that pretty much puts me in at a very high-risk category for, for blepharitis. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, just leave it in your shower once a day. It solves all of your life's problems. I like that. I like that. One, cool. one last thing I should note is that she is personally dubbed an adrenaline junkie. Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, so I'm really into mountain biking, really into skiing, and uh, just four weeks ago, uh, I am doing this podcast with one arm, by the way, because I was attempting... I was attempting to ride down a double black rock garden at Mammoth Bike Park, and I was psyched. I was ready to do it, and narrow entrance, narrow exit, and it was an epic fail. Oh my gosh! So, Taking on the world. My arm, so not good. My full face helmet destroyed. Oh Ooh. no! I was dressed for Game of Thrones. All of that was destroyed. <laughs> that outfit. But just a fractured arm, and I still showed up to work on Monday, and I, I told my staff, you know, this is the lesson. Even if you fracture a bone on your body, you can still work the next day. That's right. They Get were thrilled. Damn work. straight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let me ask you this. I'm a biker, too, a uh, cyclist, more uh, of what I would call myself a cyclist, not necessarily a biker. Um, but... Uh, if you were a cyclist or a biker and a friend was talking to you, they would say, Oh, that's great. I'm glad you're doing better, but how's the bike? They want to know how the bike is doing. (laughs) I imagine you have a nice bike. True. The the bikes can be pretty, um, costly. Let's just say after I did crash, I asked the the guy that saved me at the bike patrol, if he'd like to buy my bike for a dollar because I was (laughs) never going to ride ever again. No, that's not true. Dramaticism, yeah, I love it. He said no, um, <laughs> but my, my bike was in the repair shop for a good two weeks, and it's all fixed up now, but now I'm Is just waiting for my arm. So I got two more Ooh. weeks, and I'm back on. So you've changed your mind. You're back. You're ready ready to go again. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I didn't take that offer to buy that for a dollar. That would have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. Well, I didn't know that about you, and I'm I'm happy to to know that about you. I think we need to get some uh, some like optometry focused bike groups or optometry. Fo- I'm a triathlete, so that's that's sort of my passion. Oh, that would be fun. I would um yeah. I would do that Xterra. Uh, yes, that's really fun. It's mountain biking, trail running, and I actually grew up as a swimmer. Okay, there yeah, you go. So, See, Let's yeah, piece it all together. Fun. Yeah, there's a lot of us out there, uh, multi-sport athletes in in uh, optometry. So that the, there could be a there could be a you know a bib that uh, we love eyes could sponsor. I was just watching TV, not to change the subject, but did you change guys see that awesome it. optometrist on Master Chef? Oh no, I did not. Ooh. Who is this yes. guy or girl? Uh, some I forget his name, but he's from Indiana, and he was like, "You eat with your eyes," and he was amazing at presentation and wow. yeah, being on TV with Gordon Ramsay, and uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to Midwestern uh, chef uh, for the optometrist. Eyes. Representing yeah, I forget <laughs> his name right now, but yeah, he was awesome. We'll find it and post cool. it on the website. Yeah, 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 we're going to find that guy. Yeah, that'd be a great person guy. to find an interview, too. He's actually very cool. Sweet. Right, Maybe we'll have a, like, start a 5K on the Friday morning of Academy. <laughs> Done. For those interested. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Doctor, we, we love to do some goofy little questions here to kind of get things rolling. As you see, we, we like to keep it laid back. And so we're going to have some, some what we call icebreaker questions. And, and they're a little goofy, a little fun. Feel free to answer them however you please. Serious, not serious, whatever. So, um, Roy, why don't you go ahead and start? Okay, so considering the fact that you have a cosmetic company, we thought this like a good question here to start is, would you rather not brush your teeth at night or not wash off your eye makeup? 
Ooh. Oh, that's an easy one. I would rather not brush my teeth. And, <laughs> wow, and she I, said it. I have proof because, so I started this ketogenic diet thing, right? Oh, yeah. And the really? second week, it's awesome. But the second week, I that's not the story. But the second week, <laughs> I started it apparently... If you drink alcohol after you start this diet, drinking half a glass of wine is more like drinking the whole bottle. Wow. So I got completely wasted. And uh, (laughs) yes, I was in my bathroom. My poor husband was so worried about me because I was actually, you know, praying to the porcelain goddess. And I haven't done that since college. Having said that, I was really just in a bad place. And I looked at him and my makeup was everywhere. And he's like, you got to go to bed. I'm like, take off my makeup for me. Get my we love eyes. He did. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, no, you do. You went to Vision Expo with me. You worked at the booth. Just do it just like that. Go pull up the video. (laughs) I was so drunk, but he took off my makeup. So that that was a very easy question. <laughs> nice. So you are um are you gonna be a Vision Expo West? I am not. I no? okay. broke my arm. Academy? I'm gonna just take a little yeah. break <laughs> and then take a little break. Cool. Um I'm cool. going to heal my bones, but I will be back yeah, for Vision that. Expo East for sure. Okay. Cool, cool. So you're stranded on a desert island in the middle of nowhere, no way to get anything out to you. And uh, you can only eat one thing. You will have an endless supply of this one thing. What is that one thing? Wow. Eating foie on a deserted island for the rest of my life seems very impractical at this point, right? (laughs) So as a doctor, I'd want to eat something somewhat nutritious. And I'm sure people always pick wine or beer. No. Oh. I would like, you know, I'm going to be, so my practical side of me, the Asian mom would say, pick <laughs> clean water. <laughs> so I would Just probably, like that, say yeah, well, pick what about food? Fiji water, clean Let's, water. You can she have water say that. and one food item. What would be your food item? I would probably pick caviar. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. It's salty. It's good. It tastes even good with water, probably. And, probably. Um, I could eat that forever. I love that. All right. There you go. Love. That that's a first. We've never heard that one. Caviar. So it seems I know. Practical. Water and caviar. I could see the Instagram uh, photo of us uh, advertising this podcast. You and like a big bucket of caviar. It's like oh, you yeah. stuck on a desert or an, an island in the middle of the Caspian Sea. That seems very practical. Love. With my Done. bucket of caviar, yeah. I'm good. What do people <laughs> usually say? We can't give you that know, away. It's we've a got steaks and you know, just yeah, a burrito. Caviar, that's a good. That's that's good. That's classy. Caviar, I, like I think, is actually healthier than a steak if you really think about it. All the uh, omega threes, so true. Fish products better than beef products. So true. So that person's gonna. I'm gonna outlive that person on my <laughs> island. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is your spirit animal? What animal defines like the person you are? This is a tough one says a lot about you. Okay. Sorry. You guys were kind of glitching up there. So uh, my spirit animal has changed, but <laughs> um, when I was really into Harry Potter, it was the Phoenix Ooh, for yes. sure. Yeah. I was really into that. I was diving with that. But um, my spirit animal is probably just my Zodiac, the scorpion. And Ooh. so it's kind of 
fierce, scary. It's this little creature that does tend to hide from things. But in general, I think my spirit animal is somebody that's kind of, how would you say? uh, Fearsome? Yeah, but like opposites, right? Like fearsome, but, you know, I'll... Small and introvert cute. once in a while. Extroverted when needed. <laughs> okay. okay. Is like my that. is my spirit animal. A pr- very appropriate she is. Yes. <laughs> she knows when to turn it on and turn it the hell off. So, you know, this is one thing. I think it, you know, beyond spirit animal and, and what you're going to eat for the rest of your life on the desert island, it says a lot about you, especially to other optometrists. And that is, what is your refractive error? Wow, this is an easy question, guys. Um <laughs> Plus a quarter, minus a quarter. Really? Against the rule. Wow. And I am not going to say exactly my age, but I am going to stay in a plus 75 ad for as long (laughs) as I possibly can. (laughs) Your arms, they're not getting any shorter, though, right? And right now you're you're limited on your one arm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your one arm, yeah. Well, good. I think we've gotten a really good feel of of you. And again, we're so happy to have you here tonight. And so we thought it would be a great idea to kick things off with a mini segment talking about makeup and eye care. So you are an entrepreneur, you started this company, and you know, you must have had some love uh, or, or desire, inner um, want to fix a problem. Uh, the cosmetic industry is a huge one. We know that uh, there were, it was $66 billion industry in t- just 2017 alone. So there's a lot of money being spread around in, in the makeup industry, cosmetic industry. Uh, there's a lot of issues with it. So take us through you know, the starting of this, this, uh, this company and uh, why you did it in the first place. Why do you thought there was a need? Yeah, I mean, I think this thing comes in two parts. The f- The first part definitely involves, if we go back, Plenty of Fish. Do you know that website? It's a dating website. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> no. So I met my husband, right? We were dating at the time, and he kept getting these chapped lips. <laughs> and I am a really amazing kisser, but I'm thinking, <laughs> not that amazing. Something's going Can't on. Can't fix that. <laughs> Can't fix chapped, nope. they always say. <laughs> it was bad. So, you know, I... I figured out with time that he was actually allergic to sodium lauryl sulfate, which Ooh, is in yeah. all everything. the cleaning ingredients, soaps, shampoos, you name it, toothpaste, everything. So we got rid of everything in the house. Everything has sodium lauryl sulfate. And so it got me thinking, I was really into treating dry eye at the time. You know, maybe, you know, this foaming cleanser that I'm you know, recommending to all my patients also has sodium lauryl sulfate, maybe it's making dry eyes worse. And so I wanted a product that did not have sodium lauryl sulfate. And that's what started like the dialogue, right? For me, like, hey, I went to Whole Foods, there's no product available, what should I do? Yeah. So let me just stop you right there. Yeah. What the hell is sodium lauryl sulfate? And and I'm really doing this for, for everybody. Because of course I yeah, know. Yeah, it. it's it's actually <laughs> it's what's it what it's what makes soapy sudsy. It's a surfactant, so it makes it suds up. Um, it makes it like a detergent, basically. But so why is that a good thing? Why do products have it in the first place? If it's so bad, why do they have it? Because you need to clean, right? So okay. yeah, so if you are cleaning with something, you need some type of agent that will strip away dirt, oil, okay. debris away from 
whether it's a shirt or your teeth or your armpit or your hair. Okay. Soap I does said that. Armpit. I liked that. Well, hey, that's, I mean, there's worse, worse places that need cleaning. So <laughs> I'd say that's, that's my that's least favorite part fine. of the body. Easily. Armpits. They're gross. Yeah. Do you remember all real monsters? Just a quick tangent. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. That was a <laughs> good one. The armpit <laughs> creature, the worst. There was an armpit creature, yes. yeah. Anyways, anyway. sorry. Keep, keep going. <laughs> That's okay. And then, you know, back back to my, my husband. So he, um, we went out speaking on our second. Speaking of armpits. Yeah, speaking of armpits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. He, uh, he asked me, we were, we were talking on our second date. He's like, well, what do you want to do with your life? You know, kind of thing. And on my list of things to do is I would like to invent something one day. I have no idea what it is, but one day I can see myself creating something from nothing. And so that was another thing that started the dialogue in my brain. And um, one day I had this contact lens patient come in, her contact lenses were really bothering her, and she looked like she hasn't removed her makeup in months. So I asked her, when's the last time you removed your makeup? She says, oh, I don't. Should I? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So after I picked myself up from the floor, um, I said, yeah, you absolutely should. It's it's getting in the way of your contact lens comfort. And she says, well, Dr. Gill, what should I use? And I thought to myself, yeah, what should she use? Because I want something healthy, clean, non-toxic that doesn't mess with ocular surface. Better than water. Better than water. Um, <laughs> but I, I had all these things and I went to Whole Foods that night and again, nothing. And that night I bought a bunch of stuff at Whole Foods and did some Googling and I thought, I'm going to make something. Love it. Yeah. And so I made my kitchen and probably a year later, the We Love Eyes products after doing many, many tests, because it does have tea tree oil in it, I tested on a lot of my friends after dinner parties <laughs> consuming lots of alcohol so they would all say yes <laughs> figured out the concentration of the tea tree oil and then i went from there curious it's because you have a couple different versions you have your foaming cleanser you have your oil cleanser are your teach you don't have to obviously say your uh ingredients but is the tea tree the same in each of those the tea tree oil uh yeah so there's Three corn uh, uh, products, the foaming cleanser, it does have tea tree oil. It has the same tea tree oil from the same farm as the makeup remover oil. The cleansing oil, same farmed tea tree oil. But the cleansing oil for blepharitis is really something for lid scrubs, you know, but it has a stronger concentration of tea tree oil. So I changed up the concentration. Got it. Yeah, but oh my goodness, you know, I get asked this question. I want to make my own products. Oh gosh. Can you can you show me how to do it? I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, do you have like 4 weeks so I can give you a tutorial?" It's been a learning curve. I mean, I I feel like I own, you know, the products are amazing, but at the end of the day, I own a marketing and supply chain company. Sure. Well, you, you know, know kind of like what you were saying, recommendation for makeup removers. It's been kind of a hot topic, or I've noticed it a lot more recently, but recommendation for makeup products. I do I do dry eye care as well, and when patients come in asking for makeup products, that's kind of how I stumbled upon your We Love Eyes line. People were asking me, what should I use for makeup? What should I use to remove makeup? And I realized I didn't know the answer. And so 
or even lash extensions and lash growers. What are things that you say for that? So, yeah, I go to a website, petitvor.com. It's P-E-T-I-T-V-O-U-R.com. And that's the site, my go-to, where I trust the products. They really curate good, healthy products. Finding, like a mascara. Let's just talk about mascara. I can f- There's a million healthy mascaras. There's a million bad mascaras out there. But as an eye doctor, I want to really have my patients use healthy ones, but can I get a healthy mascara that works as amazing as Maybelline's? This is the issue with, <laughs> right. <laughs> with right. non-toxic makeup, right? They just don't work as well. Maybe it's Maybelline. That's beautiful. <laughs> that was good, right? Yeah. And you know what's that's, crazy that's what too think, is yeah. we know now, I think, you know, we really started the discussion about toxic makeup. And if you look at the back of Tyler's Quarterly, Every single makeup that is listed on that, on Tyler's Quarterly, is actually an ocular surface disruptor. Oh, gosh, yeah. So I love this conversation. I think one day, you know, there's a, there's a handful of women that are working towards that. That page will get rewritten. So yeah, be fun. absolutely. I mean, actually, I was looking into this a little bit beforehand, and the Federal Food and Drug and Cosmetic, sorry, Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, I said that right? was created yeah. in 1938, so a long time ago, signed into law by FDR, and hasn't been changed since then. So who's really, how, what regulations do, do our cosmetics have? None, really. Um, they have some general guidelines, but we, we as doctors should be giving or feeling some sort of responsibility in teaching our patients what is actually good to be putting around our eyes. I think so, for sure. And I think once you start cleaning up makeup for women, contact lens comfort increases. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I've really experienced in my office. And it just feels good to be able to fix problems in in ways I never imagined that I would be doing when I was in optometry school. That subject never even came up in 1999. Oh, of course not. And I I don't think that people often bring the two together. I mean, Eye makeup particularly is one of the major makeups that people wear. And why wouldn't we have some comment on that? I think sometimes optometrists are a little nervous to talk about retail or products. And so sometimes it's be providing resources for optometrists to do that is, I think, important. Um, but one question I have in particular is what do you say to people who ask, should I use lash serums? Should I get eyelash extensions? So for the first part, um, they can um, use a serum if they would like to, but knowing that it is an ocular surface disruptor and I say, hey, this is the problem it's going to cause you, but did you know you can probably use castor oil and have the same results? A little stickier, but you can put castor oil in every night. It's natural and your lashes will grow. And so I kind of have a go-to for that. Interesting. And then what about lash extensions? Do you use castor oil? (laughs) On my lashes, I do. Yes. You do? Okay. Yes. Have you noticed an, you've noticed an improvement with it? Yeah, they're longer. Um, I also feel that my lashes have grown since I've used better products with makeup and also with removing my eye makeup, mostly because if you think about it, a healthier lash follicle will allow a lash to grow its full 45 days versus an unhealthy lash follicle will maybe allow a lash to grow 30 days. So your lashes okay. do appear fuller and longer. So that's so a nice what, benefit. 
so that's the the point of the castor oil is to help the follicle is that what's going on there or? uh the castor oil for some reason stimulates the the eyelash to grow longer okay. i believe i could be wrong but well it, that sounds like a, a good, great answer to me yeah it's a good <laughs> it's a good substitute for uh the serum so it, when it comes to lash extensions, I say by all means get the lash ex- lash extension if you would like to go to a special event. But if you'd like to wear it all the time, um, here's what you do to clean your eyelids while your extensions are installed, and then I will review with them my protocol for that. And you cool. just want to avoid, you know, the biggest pet peeve of mine is patient will come in and she has an infection that lash installer, I'm never going back there. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. automatically her fault. I'm right. like, oh, what happened was you just stopped washing your eyelids because you didn't want to damage these extensions and you got an eye infection because of that. Right. You mm. dirty rat. Right. When yeah. you see those nasty lashes with big chunks of black at the base. Or demodex or yes. blepharitis or, you know, oh, yeah. Really, so. really partying with the extra protection and glue. To help them. Yep. So my answer is always no, but most of my patients, they love extensions. So the ones that really love extensions, I really educate them on. Um, I actually wrote a blog post on optometrist guide to lash extension care. And that's been very, um, how would you say, positive for a lot of people. Awesome. Well, we... Do you think optometrists should get into that? I mean, do you think there's a place for that in, in the optometrist's office or even a uh, tattooing eyeliner? Is that, is that something that we should be doing in, a, in our offices? Maybe not us ourselves, but somebody in the office and then us sort of managing it a little bit more medically. Do you think that's something that could happen in the future? I think that's a really cool business model. And there's actually a few doctors, um, one in particular I'm thinking of, she's in Texas, who in Houston, she already does that. She has this full on, full service type of practice. You can get an eye exam, anything related to the eyes, including extensions. I think it's an awesome idea. I have no physical interest in ever installing <laughs> extensions. Just yeah, not my thing. It's a lot of work. It takes a long right? time. I don't it? like gardening. I don't like weeding. I don't <laughs> like that precise. It's just to me, it's just not fun. But okay. I think some optometrist, I would love to get extensions installed by an optometrist. Yeah. I would just feel like I'd be in the best hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. To a guy, it's always that word. Interesting. <laughs> right. Interesting. Yeah. He does his it's best. Very interesting. <laughs> but hey, I know it makes my patients happy, and so I care about it. I do. And I, I don't want to sound like a complete dumbass when, you know, people are talking about makeup and eyeliners and, you know, whatever else, you know, is being put on the eye. I want to, I also want to be a specialist in that area. So, uh, we also, you know, do quite a bit of dry eye in our practice. And, and so it's something we made a pamphlet up, you know, about all the sodium laurel sulfates of the world that are in different makeups and, uh, hand that out to patients. I think it's overwhelming though. And I think, you know, when they take it and they look at their makeup products, they see that, man, there's, there's really none out there that don't have this stuff in it, you know? Um, so it's, it's like this endless, endless cycle where, like you said, you have Maybellines, you have these products that work really, really well, and you've been using them forever. Um, then, then we're going to ask them to use something different. It doesn't work as good. So it's a, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a few makeup brands. You got to really dig and search that work as well as the other stuff. But we're talking Maybelline's, what, four ninety nine, And the stuff I'm talking about, this mascara is probably $30. Right. So there's huge increase in that. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes to makeup, look at Sephora. Women will spend if it's a good product, but women will also spend money if I believe it's if, if it's a healthier product. Nice. Good. Well, thank thank you for taking us through that. I think we could talk we could talk hours on that topic alone, but as you know, this is our marketing month, so we want to jump into a little bit of that. And so, we know that you are a social media marketing guru and uh one of the reasons why we, you know, thought it would be great to have you here tonight. So, what is digital marketing to you? What is it? How is it integrated into your practice and personal life? So in 2014, um, I didn't have any, I had a website. It wasn't very good. But in 2014, um, I had a patient. She was 20 years old and she was studying marketing at school and college. And she asked me, she's like, Dr. Gill, what's your brand? And I thought to myself, what? Do I need a brand? Should I have a brand? This 20-year-old is telling me I should and need one. And that's really what started the conversation. So after that, I thought, well, I'm attracted to brands. Like, I like Apple. I like uh, BMW. I like Yeti Bicycles. These are just some brands that... um, I'm just looking outside of my house right now. There's a BMW there. But like, you know, I'm into these brands, right? Like, why am I into these brands? So I thought to myself, well, I want patients to be into my business, you know, so maybe I do need a brand. And so that's what started it all. So I started with a website. And at that time, I wanted the online experience to match the in-office experience. That was the number one goal that I had. When patients saw me online, they would walk in my office and it would just feel seamless. Love that. So I really concentrated on that. So having your digital, whether it's website, social media, it really needs to speak, but it also needs to speak when the patient shows up because the whole goal is it's a glossy brochure to get patients to schedule an appointment. That's what that is. Well, considering it's only been a couple years, it's hard to believe. I mean, looking at your different social media uh, outlets, you have such a great, almost looks like planned out. Like, you know, you can almost predict, not predict what you're going to post, but everything looks beautiful all on even just your homepage. So when you got started, obviously, like what were, what did you do? You just like went on blogs and read what to do or what were the action items you started to do to get yourself going, particularly for instance, on your Instagram site? So for Instagram, um, we started Instagram a little later and it's definitely a learning curve. It takes practice, but I went on YouTube (laughs) and said, seriously, I probably Googled YouTube how do I start on Instagram? Very basic. And so everything, I'm pretty, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm very resourceful. And so I learned on YouTube how to start an Instagram account. And after that, why reinvent the the wheel? Perfect. Pardon? I said, why reinvent the wheel? Perfect. I like reinventing the wheel. It'll still spin, but you know, it can spin slower when you need it faster. I'm a firm believer in, in change. Uh, 
but that's a whole other probably podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think with uh, social media, it's just a way to tell not just, you know, your what your brand is, but your story. And, you know, this whole question about brand quickly became what's your brand's story. So now I'm working on that, how to tell a story, not just what the brand is, because my brand, of course, is, you know, um, at, you know, Oakland Vision Center is the Oakland Vision Center. We also have this hashtag red glasses that we've really worked hard to grow. But I will have patients come in and said, I want a pair of red glasses. Oh, fun. Because this, yeah, it's really fun because the patient's have learned the story, they've read this story, and they want to become part of it. Hmm. And that's what makes it powerful. Well, tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Um, about the patients or about the, the storytelling? The, the red glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were looking for a unique hashtag. So what we did at Oakland Vision Center for a very long time, we used to, our hashtag and our eyewear line was We Love Eyes. And so when I invented the products, we naturally just called it We Love Eyes because it was meant for that. It was perfect. But since the the products came out, we needed something else because I didn't right. want to get the brands confused. Sure. Right. And so we asked the patients what they liked. So we we thought of a few things and we made a list of about six of them. Rad glasses was on the list, cool glasses you know, happy eyes, you know, whatever it was at the time that we, we made up. And the patients thought rad glasses just matched me and matched the office. They picked it and cool. we just ran with it. Cool. How has... Yeah, when you don't know, ask, right? Absolutely. That's right. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. We're asking you. <laughs> so kind of in um, line with that, how, how has social media impacted your day-to-day, your day-to-day flow, um, you said people come in asking for those glasses. Do you feel like a lot of patients are following you as well as optometrist? Yeah, I think social media is amazing in the sense that people are no longer, I mean, I, this still happens, but word of mouth referrals doesn't happen as much anymore. It's social media referrals. It's internet referrals. It's, oh, Google sent me, Yelp sent me. Sure. And so this is the future. So people are trusting reviews that they read online just as much as they would their neighbor. And so having said that, you need really strong social media. You know, initially I was doing it all myself. Now I actually have a professional company that we curate, meaning we make all the content, but they are responsible for posting it according to my posting plan. So I have somebody on the back end that executes on posting because right now something's probably getting posted, but I'm on this podcast with you guys. Awesome. So it's a seamless system that, that works whether I'm available or not because I, I simply can't do it all by myself. Sure. So you you line up what they'll be so do you actually do all the work in like all the pictures, all the editing, or you send them 20 pictures of frames, 20 pictures of your day to day? You know, what, what do you mean by how do they line? Yeah. So we send to a Dropbox images of interior. We send them photos of frames whenever we get them in, staff, employees, any subject matter that we find relevant to telling our story as current as possible, but we, we send it to Dropbox, but these are edited final images. 
curated and edited the way I like my aesthetic. And then the the company that I work with, they post it according to my posting schedule. Say, this day I want a frame posted, next day a community post, next day another frame, one day a quote, and it rotates on a very organized cycle. So there's there's no questions. Um, we just started getting into Insta stories, so I'm experimenting with that right now, and that's been really fun. That's it Do right now. Do you feel you need to have a presence on all of the social media outlets. So we've talked a lot about Instagram. You are obviously really involved in Instagram. What about Facebook? What about Twitter? Yeah, I think those are awesome questions. Um, you know, my mom told me when I was six years old and Asian moms are like the smartest moms in the world. <laughs> she says, Tanya, pick one thing and be really good at it. So, you <laughs> know, that's what I did with optometry and... <laughs> So what I did with Instagram, I picked one and I'm like, I'm going to do really well at Instagram, mom. <laughs> and so uh, I don't really, I'm not into Twitter. It didn't really work for, for me. Um, although other people have tremendous success with Twitter because they picked the Twitter. Facebook is fair. We post just to have a presence, but Instagram is really what drives the patients into our practice. Interesting. Do you feel you have a certain demographic of patients and age group? Uh, are you, you know, does does choosing Instagram help marketing to certain demographics? In other words, uh, do yes. you think Our, okay. we market and we try to attract men and women, but mostly women? So eighty percent of our marketing is female based because they're the people that make appointments age 25 to 55, very specific. Hmm. So cool. that's what we, what we concentrate on. And we want to concentrate on getting techies, getting people with insurance, nice jobs. Right. Uh, we want people that have vision problems. We also want people that want to control their myopia with dry eyes, very specific. But having said that, we're very, you got to find your niche. You know, uh, years ago, Roya, you were asking me about what I did. Other than YouTube, I took some business classes online. Oh, cool. That really helped. I just didn't know anything about running a business. And one thing I did learn was the biggest tree attracts the most sun, attracts the most rain, and is going to grow the biggest and continue to grow the biggest. So I already, when I looked at Oakland Vision Center, I'm like, that is no tree. That's like a tiny plant, right? But what's unique is plants can grow as long as they attract the right hummingbird or the right bee, the right insects to grow and to thrive. And so that's what I decided Oakland Vision Center was going to be, a really cool little plant. Love that analogy. That was definitely not a tree. So I just figured out, I think figuring out who you are and honing in on that is the hardest thing when running a business. Well, absolutely, because... You know, you go into healthcare thinking like, I'm going to save the world. <laughs> I can do everything. And, and that's hard. Sometimes you have to, it really is kind of a, a moment of clarity when you sit down and realize like, I, I don't have to do everything. Let me be really good at this. Let me be good at one thing. Asian mom yeah, style. Just Love it. Pick one thing because yeah. it's impossible to have like 10,000 followers on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all this, you know, it's too much. Exactly. Not everyone's a Kim K. I don't know. We have any Kim K's of optometry. Uh, <laughs> Kim K. What about uh, marketing without feeling cheesy? 
You know, it's a little bit tricky, especially for people who haven't done it before. You don't want to cross a line of being uh, too flashy or feel like you're, go, you know, crossing the line of being a doctor. You want to obviously market, but I feel like that's some of the worries some people have when they think about just starting. Yeah, I think that could be really hard. Um, and I love this question because it's such a dynamic question because... I had this patient, and I'll never forget him. He's an osteopathic surgeon. Sure. And he was also on the cover of Oakland Magazine, and um, he was my patient. And uh, I said, don't you find that, you know, you being on the cover, it doesn't really match medicine? He's like, no, that's why I went to business school. That's the first thing I learned. He's like, (laughs) sell the knee, sell myself. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he's very successful. And so he's like, there's no shame in it. It's my, my practice is my business. And he's like, you got to start, you know, thinking that it's a business. But will you sound cheesy? Yes. <laughs> will you sound stupid? Yes. <laughs> will yeah. you sound amazing? Absolutely. And I think when it comes to marketing, people are scared to make a mistake. But here's the thing. The more mistakes you make when you market yourself, the more you learn. Sure. And the more you become better at it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's I have failed so many times. I have been blasted on the internet because of it. But you know, it's a learning process and you got to fail to learn. And it's been an awesome journey. What's one of your failures? I mean, let's, let's real talk here and tell tell us what you've kind of learned from. Um, we did this marketing campaign on social media, on Instagram, and we seriously had 12 options for patients to choose from. What do you think our Instagram, next Instagram should campaign should be? And they picked some crazy <laughs> options and kind of made it their own. So we did try them. Um they had one called F cataracts that they really liked. (laughs) So they thought I should do that, which we did, but I got in trouble on more conservative Facebook, um, forums for it. F them. (laughs) And here are my patients. They're coming up with these ideas. They think that it's fun and entertaining and I'm like, I'll try it. And, um, yeah. People say F cancer. F cataracts just falls in. That's where they got it from. They got it from something like that. Um, (laughs) There's also one that my patient just came up with. um, Funny or Die is a brand. She had a little cup. I'm like, oh, I like that. She's like, red glasses or die. You got to do it. (laughs) Highlighting those people on the train that don't have red glasses. Yeah. So I think that might be a potential epic fail, but at least I can recognize them now. (laughs) (laughs) People are mean on social media. We don't need to go yeah. into that, but they can be super mean. It's like, even though we can see who you are and you're still making really mean comments, is it really necessary? Did you really have to set hit send? Yeah, I've got my share of um, haters and I still do, especially when you make a product. I've been, uh, this is one, one guy said that I was a sellout when uh, I created Wheel of Eyes. We hit like the million dollar sale mark. And he said I was a sellout. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to sell out. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I accept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Guilty. <laughs> you know, what do you do? There's haters. Well, kind of on that right. note, are you in sort of mentioned this before as well, but online reputation management, what do you do about bad reviews? I mean, we all get it. 
Um, and again, just as harsh as social media, but how do you approach a bad review? So I approach my bad review before the bad review happens, or I try to, I do, I really do an excellent job of patient care when the patient is at my office. There are some times where we deserve the bad review. Like, yeah, we've, forgotten, lost your contact lenses. We didn't order them for four weeks. Uh, We're really sorry. I mean, what can you do about that? We quoted you the wrong price because we're idiots that day. (laughs) And then we requoted you the wrong price again (laughs) and then told, you know, it just goes on on and on. You try to manage them the best that you can, but it's an average, right? True. Um, but getting a bad review really pain- is painful for doctors and yeah. for me included. I take it really personally. Absolutely. Oh, she was crazy anyways. <laughs> right. Psycho. <Right. laughs> but the person that was crazy was me because I didn't handle it properly or my staff. And, you know, if it happens to them, it's a reflection on me. I take responsibility. But, man, there are some bad reviews that we actually deserved. So we just took them as learning experiences and moved forward and fixed some broken systems. And that's all we did. Do you respond to no, those bad reviews? I like that. Yeah, I like I like that. You're the first person who said that. And I think it's so true that, you know, sometimes you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, sometimes you deserve it and you just need to learn from it. So that's, yeah. that's real. We just got a bad one on, on Google. It was, it was one star. But, you know, the best bad review I ever gotten, it's she wrote like, the Old Testament, right? When that's the long <laughs> ones and it's a one star, it's terrible. Yes. But she clicked five stars instead of one star. I'm oh, like, I'll yes. take it. <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. Yes. On you. Right. That was good. Um, you have the model backwards, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. Did you respond? Yeah. Appreciate your concerns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, sometimes Sweet. you do. Rev- I got a, a one star review recently. Actually, it was like a year ago, but man, it was coincidence. And yes, I deserved it. So, Two different appointments got canceled on her. One, I had gotten a concussion and I had to call out sick that day. Two, I had the flu. She, and the, these were three months apart. She happened to have be yeah. scheduled the exact same day of both of those incidents. I don't call out of work. But she came in the second time and I guess my staff hadn't let her know in time. She had like the first AM appointment. I mean, that's just unavoidable. And she came in, she wrote me a really mean one-star review. This doctor never shows up. I drove 20 minutes and she wasn't there. I mean, that just sucks. Like, I would write a one-star review too. Yeah, I want to write what you just said, a one-star. Because, I mean, as like the customer, it, it just seems like you just never show up and you don't care. Right. But you did have a concussion and you did have the flu. Right. But, but is that her to problem? Her, it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. No, that just sucks. But yeah, anyway. Circumstance. And by the way, if I can show up to work with a broken arm, you can show up to work with a concussion. <laughs> yeah, that was a miserable experience. Yeah. Get back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. Who cares about just all being that in stuff. a fog? Who cares? Just do it anyway. Yeah. Push through. <laughs> Push through. What about for, so you're your practice owner. What about associates? I know you have a couple associates at your practice. Do you have them participate in this experience? Do they brand themselves or do you want them kind of within your brand? Yeah, it depends on the associate. Um, But in general, they really get into it and they like to curate photos. So if patients come in, especially if there's their patients, they'll take a photo They'll send it to me. I'll edit it, and it goes into the the the, the process. 
but yeah, they get into it and they're like, oh, this would make a great photo. And it just makes it fun. Even my staff are into it. You know, fun. it's it's not me that's running everything. My staff will say, oh, you got to grab this photo, do this photo. Or they know that I'm behind and I need to take 10 interior photos and they'll say, oh, do this, do that. And it's it's been just a lot of fun. So just a couple quick questions on the photos, because I see it's a big it's a big part of, of what you do, and, and I think a lot of people can learn from it. So do, do you have a goal on photo taking daily? Um, I used to, but, you know... Just happens now. Now that I wear a 75 ad, you know, I've really mellowed out on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just getting older and lazier, maybe. <laughs> One-armed, one yeah, can't I know. see up close. Things are falling apart, <laughs> Well, we we kind of have a system now where we have a posting plan. So, you know, once a week I try to take six interior shots. And then anytime we get in new frames, which we get in new frames every other day, we take photos of those and those get updated on Insta stories now. But it is definitely a process. You want to build a system into your practice so that it's very a systematic way of approaching social media. You got to build it into your every day for sure. How do you, what is an interior photo? Like, remember what I said about you need your website, your digital presence to match right. the physical presence. Right. Right? So we take photos of our office. So for, I'm really into art. So if I get a new art piece, I'll take a couple photos, maybe put a frame by it, and then post it on our social media. So when the person comes into my practice, they've seen the art already. Cool. Are so you it matches. Using- Okay. Are you using your phone, a phone, some other type of camera, special lighting, anything like that? Uh, great, great question. I use my iPhone 7. Are you okay. a 7? Yeah, she's a 7. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. Yeah, she's a 7. Okay. Um, so I use my iPhone 7 for photos, but I use Visco Cam. It's an app to actually take the photo and edit the photo. They're down the street from my office. They introduced me to their own company. Cool. The owner of the company is awesome. And he said, you should use my program. And it's great for editing. It's like having Photoshop on your phone. So Is it easy to use? It's so easy to use. Um, it takes, you know, just you can watch a YouTube on it and learn <laughs> okay. how to use Visco Cam in 60 seconds. Nice. Yeah, it's very easy to use. So photos, that's why I love Instagram. We're in the business of vision and photos really sell clarity, beauty. You know, you eat with your eyes, you also buy with your eyes. And I think for marketing, Instagram is a perfect platform for that because you can scroll through the gallery and it just tells a story in a second. Absolutely. Well, I want to quick ask a, a quick question about I innovate. I actually, um, w- when Roya brought up your name, I was like, "Oh, yeah, she's she's on the um, speakers list for for this meeting." I just got an email about from Scott Morris. Scott and I have been on several different ad boards uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, he's really good friends with my partner. And uh, we were actually really thinking about going, myself and uh, our practice uh, administrator. Tell me why I should go. Do you watch TED Talks? Do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. They're basically between 20 and 30 minute segments of really distinct, 
laser-focused speakers. We're talking even about Google will be there, Yelp will be there, and it's almost like you're showing up for business school day. And I think that's very valuable. That's something optometrists we we don't really get or we don't get it all in school. Absolutely. But you're really showing up to a very um, organized, distinct way. And I just happen to be presenting the social media aspect of it. But uh, I think it's highly valuable. And I will be going as a speaker and actually going to all the lectures on November 6th as well. I think it's very valuable. Cool. How can people find out more about that? Is that something that anybody could go to or how does that work? Uh, it's As far as I know, it's only open to optometrists. Um, I innovate, E-Y-E, I-N-N-O-V-A-T-E, the, the, the website. You can sign up. And I think there's like an early bird special going on right now. And it's very reasonable. I think it's like $300, but you got to yeah. get yourself to L.A. That's the only thing. Right. Yeah, looking over the agenda well, looks really awesome. Uh, it it looks like a really unique experience, something that most people or no one's really done before. So. Nobody's ever done that. Um, the fact that you're having Google there, I think, is a big deal. And so oh, yeah. I'm really excited because Google advertising is really the future. I mean, oh, and also we're talking about marketing. Yep. This like this. Secret, I wouldn't even say secret, it's the stupid secret. Ooh, if what? you spend $8 a day advertising on Facebook, which is also basically advertising on Instagram because you can carry the ad over there, you can kill it. Buy a Facebook ad. $8 it a is day? The Gosh, it's the cheapest way to advertise. Cheap lunch. And the most effective way to advertise. With That's what Oakland Vision Center does. We We buy Facebook ads. Wow, yeah. I mean, you can target them so well to your kind of like you were saying before, your exact population to the sex, age, profession, everything. We target females 25 to 55 is our target audience. And that's what we sell ads to on the Internet. It's very effective. That's awesome. Um, With all of what you've learned and all of what you've done you are obviously really inspiring to many people considering the fact that you're keynoting at this awesome conference, but who's someone who's kind of inspired you in your life and business? Wow. That is a really good question. Um, it really depends. There's a lot of people that have inspired me. Um, you know, what's kind of crazy about this whole thing is I don't, I never had a mentor really. Like I never had somebody to, mentor me and guide me through a process but if are we talking oakland vision center here sure anything so i used to work at um this other practice and the business owner was a complete entrepreneur he's an ophthalmologist and he inspired me to buy the practice he was the one that helped me negotiate the deal and he's the one that my business principles are still based on to this day He was a very smart business owner. Um, I also worked for this ophthalmologist, this female badass, Gail Shimakaji. She's amazing. Girl power. So I had, yeah, Mm -hmm. I had some really strong um, people help me along the way that I was inspired by. But I don't have like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, celebrity (laughs) or something. No, anyone can I don't care about people like that. Sure. Um, (laughs) Well, even patients. You've mentioned a couple patients that clearly change your perspective. It could be anyone. 
So that's yeah, awesome. I had a 20 year old that <laughs> told me I started, I had to, I had to brand my, my practice. So I take inspiration from a lot of places. Um, but it, not like Barack Obama, you know, people <laughs> like that. They're amazing, but you know, it's just the simple, day, simple I'm, thing in, in life can be humbling, right? Yeah, very much so. Um, my husband has definitely been one of the people that's inspired me to really, he's given me, he's provided me the space to become this, being with an entrepreneur is not easy, guys. <laughs> we're difficult people and we're constantly on a roller coaster ride. So he's really given me the space to allow myself to grow and fail. Um, when I'm growing, it's awesome. But when my growth is negative, I am not awesome. That's a, that's a true so partner. I think, yeah, he's been a very supportive partner. And, you know, when you win awards and you're speaking at these really cool things, from the outside, it, you, your life just seems so awesome, right? Sure. Dr. Gill, she has it all and this and that. and But man, it's a lot of hard work. Um, for the So I've owned Oakland Vision Center for 12 years now. For the first, I've never told anybody out, this outside of my exam room, guys. Ooh. This is like, yes. Inside scoop. Nice. It's not as Give sexy. it to us. It's not as sexy as you think it's going to be. But for the first eight years of ownership, I actually worked 100-hour weeks. <sighs> Private practice 100, there for you, right? Yeah, 100-hour weeks. It was brutal. And now everything's great. But even, you know, there's ups and downs. But, man, I really paid my dues. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gill, for being so raw, honest with us tonight. Uh, It was really special to be able to have you on here. And we really appreciate all the time that you spent with us. Thank you. Super fun. Absolutely. That about does it. But before we go, again, we'll like to say thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, not only for making the amazing lenses they do, but the great people they are to work with. Be sure to tune in and listen to our next episode where we start a new theme of the month. We are going to be preparing to go back to school, revolving around pediatric optometry. So until then, try not to blink.